Hey, good to see you here. You are currently listening to Inspire Church Metro Manila. We are one church in multiple locations, and we exist to inspire people to fulfill their God-given potential. We are so glad that you're tuning in right now. Welcome home. Learn more about us by visiting inspiremetro.live. Lean in and enjoy. Happy Sunday, Inspire Church! Merry Christmas! <laughs> Just kidding, it's not yet December 25. It is still September, but you know, as Filipinos, we celebrate Christmas from September, October, November, and December. We love celebration, amen? We love celebration, we love celebration. And today, it is pretty exciting today because three of us will be preaching today but before that before that we need to you know we have to honor our senior pastor pastor mike kai and pastor lisa kai from hawaii pastor mike and pastor lisa we are so thankful and we honor you you guys are amazing i mean thousands and thousands of people here in the philippines have been saved they have been transformed in lives and they got healing because simply because of your obedience your vision and your heart for people and of course, that vision would not come into fruition without our location pastor, Pastor Nolan, and Pastor Judy. Man, we get to have a pastors like them. They, they would die for us. They would die for you. They are such tremendous leaders and incredible people. Thank you so much, and Pastor, pastor Nolan and Pastor Judy, for the trust, for having us here, stupid people preaching the Word of God. But you know what? We are so excited for today because we are going to cop up. We are going to end our amazing series called Faith Up. It has been an amazing series, right? It has been, I, I hope and I believe that your faith has been leveled up. I feel, I feel like I am five feet taller now because of that Faith Up series, you know? My faith has been, you know, I got additional three feet um, height in my faith life, you know, that is that has been so amazing. But today, it is a pretty special because we are not going to be talking about personal faith. We are going to be talking about collective faith. It is amazing to realize that personal faith, yes, personal faith is available, but faith is also available collectively. There is power in collective faith. Amen. What do you mean by collective faith? Collective faith is we, when we find faith in our friends. It's when we find faith on our surroundings, in our community, especially in church. It's so many times we tend to do things on our own, but God calls us to find faith in our friends. Amen? So the title of our message for today, I would say our, because I have here some beautiful ladies of Inspired Church, Mia and Abby. The title of our message for today is Faith Friends. Can you type in the chat, say, Faith Friends. Faith Friends. But let's pray first. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for this amazing Sunday. We thank you, God, for this opportunity, Lord, to hear your word and to be encouraged. God, I pray that you bless every single word that will be coming from our mouth. God, I pray that you radiate how we preach and how 
what we preach that it will radiate how good you are your glory your mercy and your faithfulness over our lives so god will lift up our services to you today we love you in the mighty name of jesus christ we all say amen 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 i think i think that you know having faith in your friends could could easily be explained through the scripture of god and and, and there is a there is a beautiful scripture about the paralyzed man who got healing not because of his personal faith but because of his friend's faith because of the collective faith of his friends he got healing and so this is in mark chapter 2 verses 1 to 12 and i'm going to read it in the nlt translation it says here when Jesus returned to Capernaum several days later, the news spread quickly that he was back home. Soon, the house where he was staying was so packed with visitors that there was no more room outside and inside the door. What's happening here is that Jesus gone viral. He gone viral. His TikTok video of healing people outside this place has gone viral. His subscribers from zero now, it became one million. You know what I'm trying to say? When Jesus was having his homecoming, people were there, they were cheering, and they were, they, were, they were full of people in the house. They were waiting for the famous Jesus. And so right here, it says here, while he was preaching the word of God to them, four men arrived carrying a paralyzed man on a mat. Now they couldn't bring him to Jesus because of the crowd. So they dug a hole through the roof above his head. Then they lowered the man on his mat and uh, right down in front of Jesus. They lowered the man on his mat, not on the kitchen, not on the other area, but right there in front of Jesus. Seeing their faith, Jesus said to the paralyzed man, My child, your sins has been forgiven. And in, it, in verse 10 it says here, I will prove to you that the Son of Man has the authority on earth to forgive sins. Then Jesus turned to the paralyzed man and said, Stand up, pick up your mat, and go home. And that is the word of God in Jesus' name. You know what? I am so thankful that paralyzed man has amazing friends. That his faith friends exercise being faithful. Right? Because, you know, like, 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 I always, I, me and Pastor Nolan and, 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 and Clarence right here, we love cycling. I mean, you know, Inspired Church, that is our thing, cycling. And we don't call it biking, we call it cycling. Masoshal. We usually go to mountains every single weekend, like every weekend. And in cycling, there's a thing called peloton. There's a thing called peloton. Peloton came from a word, it's a French word that means platoon or single group, uh, uh, small groups. So in Peloton, it is a systematic formation of cycling that they form like a straight line in order to resist wind resistance. Resist wind resistance, no? Parang doble-doble. But the main purpose of this one is that the, main, the, the front guy, which we call the lead out, he will be the one to punch hole into the wind so that the person on his back will have a lesser, you know, lesser effort but higher output. So the front guy would exert 100% of effort punching the wind, you know, getting all this, this distraction in front of him so that the person next to him 
would be on the mountains with lesser effort. As the team worked, they sometimes they, they, they exchange their position, but the main purpose of that one is that so that their team leader who, who, he, who they have been protecting, when, when, when the finish line is about like 40 or 50 meters away, it's time for the team leader to sprint it out and win the game. That is the main purpose of the peloton. And so many times, because Clarence is the strongest and the fastest amongst us, he will be our lead out, and I will be next to Clarence, and Pastor Nolan, the slowest. <laughs> I love you, Pastor Nolan. But, but Pastor Nolan, we want Pastor Nolan to be protected, not because we are racing from anybody, but we wanted Pastor Nolan to achieve his personal record up in the mountains. We are doing that, we are having collective effort in order for someone, for Pastor Nolan to achieve something on the mountains. That, you know, I, I, I am bringing this up because this, uh, this strategic way of cycling can actually be applied in our faith life. Why, do, why is it that so many times when we are in a situation that we felt like there's no, I can't do this anymore. Like, 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 wala nang pag-asa. Why is it that we are, when we are in those kinds of situation, the tendency is that we look for every single solution we could ever come up with, even if it doesn't make sense anymore. Forgetting that we have friends. Forgetting that you have faith friends around you. We, we, we hope for breakthrough, but then we are doing stupid things like that. We hope for healing, yet we do all these things, forgetting that we can find faith in our friends, that there is power in collective faith. Amen? I am so thankful that the paralyzed man has this kind of friend. So now, me, Mia, and um, Abby, we were wondering what could possibly go wrong if the paralyzed, if the if his friends were not faithful, what could possibly possibly go wrong to us if our friends are not faithful? If our friends are not right friends, remember there's a big difference between good friends and right friends. What's gonna happen? Number one is you are gonna expect missed opportunities. This paralyzed man has been paralyzed ever since he was born. And now that the greatest healer of all is now on the area, it is the time for him to be healed. Like it is a matter of make or break matter, you know? You know, greatest opportunities is a matter of either you go big or you go home. Faith friends would always say, let's go big. It's time for us to do this. But fake, fake friends, unfaithful friends would always say, next time na lang. Let's just, let's just go to church next Sunday. Nandiyan lang naman lagi yung church. Hindi naman naalis yan eh. But faithful friends would say, Hey, it's time for you to hear the word of God today. Because you will never know what it's gonna happen. What's gonna happen to your life when you hear the word of God. Fake friends would let your encounter with Jesus be taken for granted. Church, we gotta be careful with people who steal our time with God. Ladies, if someone is courting you right now, someone is, you are dating with someone, be careful with those guys who will, who will let you choose him rather than going to church. So we got to be careful with those unfaithful 
friends, unfaithful people because it's going to lead us into missed opportunities. Amen? And so the next, the next point will be shared to you by the beautiful Mia right here. Mia. Yes, thank you for that, Morse. That was very helpful, especially for a per person like me, single ladies. So let me continue about the point where we can possibly go wrong if we are around people or friends who are not that faithful. Let me go back to the scripture in verse 2 where it says, Soon the house where Jesus was staying, it was so packed with visitors that there was no more room even outside the door. So imagine with me seeing the situation. You are part of that group of friends where Je and you arrive in the place where Jesus is. It is so packed with people that to the point that there's no more room. <laughs> and then five ba kayo? Tapos yung friend nyo pa paralyzed. Paano na lang, ba? So in that kind of situation, you can see that it's a desperate situation. It's a desperate si situation wherein just like these five friends, it could be, what could possibly go wrong is that it would be easier to point fingers, to blame your friends. And that is what we call the blame game. That is the second possi possible thing that could go wrong if you're around people who are not faithful. The blame game. Imagine they are so tired from a long walk. And then they're carrying their friend, paralyzed friend. And then when they arrive, they saw the, the, the house full of people. And that it seems so impossible to get near Jesus. The blame game is where your friends will tell you, Ang bagal mo kasi! Bakit ka late? Um, konti lang yung binuhat mo, ganyan. Abat kasi ang bigat-bigat mo. Diba? The blame game will, will point to people. And usually the blame game is the first option when we're in situation like this. And the danger is that when you're around that circle of friends or influence where the habit of pointing fingers, blaming each other, it creates an atmosphere of hopelessness. It creates an atmosphere of discouragement or bitterness. And when hopelessness, bitterness, and discouragement creeps in, we lose sight of Jesus. We lose sight of Him. Because the blame game shifts our focus from our main reason, why we journey in the first place, just like these five friends, the main reason that they journeyed is for their friend to get healing. Diba? That's their main purpose, that they are so willing to carry their friend, their perilous friend for a long walk just to get healing. Because the blame game attacks people. The blame game focuses on shortcomings, mistakes, and sins. The blame game... Um, purpose is to destroy either the person or the relationship. And the dangerous thing about this is that you are in the presence of Jesus. They are near Jesus that time. Jesus is just, alam mo tingin, makikita mo na si Jesus. But then they're blaming each other. What could possibly be wrong is that they're blaming each other. So when we blame each other, we lose sight that Jesus is near. Jesus is there. Jesus is just one walk away. So that's the blame game. We lose sight of Jesus even though He is near. 
Because in the blame game, we point to people. We point to situations. And when we look at people, we look at situations, there are a lot of things that could possibly go wrong. And there are a lot of things that you can be disappoint disappointed about. But when you focus on Jesus, when you look at Jesus, you can find hope. Because Jesus brings that atmosphere of hope. Jesus brings that atmosphere of faith. Just as it said in Ephesians 4 verses 31 to 32, Get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, harsh words, and slander, as well as all types of evil behavior. Instead, be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, just as God through Christ has forgiven you. Blame game is a dangerous possibility when you are around your friends or circle of influence that are not faithful. Another thing is that uh, we, we tackle missed opportunities, blame game. It says in verse 4, imagine again with me in the situation back in the scripture. It says in verse 4, they couldn't bring him to Jesus because of the crowd. So they dug a hole. Ito na yung scandalous na eksena. They dug a hole through the roof above his head, above Jesus' head. Then they lowered the man on his mat right down in front of Jesus. Grabe, nakakahiya. Imagine being in a house full of people and then you dug a hole in the roof of someone else's house. It's not yours. <laughs> Imagine that. You made a scene. by and, and also you lowered the mat of your friend in front of Jesus. And at that time, Jesus is speaking to the people. <laughs> the third thing that could possibly ro be wrong when you're around friends who are not faithful is that you will be crowd-driven. Crowd-driven. Let me... Uh, let me define it for you. In that time, for sure, people was so pissed off. Galit sila. <laughs> Kasi puno nga, diba? They're full of people. And now these friends, these four friends, yung, ta yung apat nasa taas, yung isa nasa floor na. Sur they are surrounded by people with, with fierce looks, killer eyes. Na, galit na galit. Bakit nila ginawa yun? It's scary. And for sure, it is embarrassing. Nakakahiya. Nakakahiya. The crowd was shocked because they've been there first. First come, first serve, no? Diba? They've been there first and then they've been waiting and wa waiting just to get near Jesus. And then there's these five friends who went to the roof, dug the hole, and put their friends down in front of Jesus. How could they? The, the crowd would be like, that's embarrassing. That's not your house. How could you? And you're so unfair. We've been here first. Diba? Aray. Nakakahiya. Wala kayo sa bahay nyo. That would be the crowd talking and laughing. Not laughing, but shouting at them. But reality speaking is, our crowd is always that. That not ideal. It's not always ideal. Our crowd mostly can be defined as surrounded with killer looks, hurting words, and even embarrassing moments. That's our crowd usually. And the dangerous of it is that 
most of the time, it will question our faith and desperation of Jesus. When you are crowd-driven, you act upon their approval. You wait on their words. You do what pleases them, what approves of them. You, your drive is in the crowd on how will they look upon you. You will respond based on how they will respond to you. And the dangers of it is that when your faith, this is the dangerous part of it, when your faith in God is being driven by the crowd. Imagine with me, your faith in God, you have faith in God, you trust Him, you know Him, you believe in Him, you love Him, but then you can't, you can't seem to fully express your faith. There are times that when you worship, there seems lacking. Something is not right. God wants you to do, to do something, but I can't seem to fully, yeah, you know, do it. Why? Maybe it's because the crowd is driving you. But that because your focus, your focus is what they will tell of you. What they will uh, look or how they will look to you. And... If the crowd is driving you, that is why, that is when you need your faith friends. You need those friends because faith friends will remind you why are you in that roof? Why you dug that hole? Why you put your friends down in front of Jesus? That's why you need your friends, your faith friends. Because when the crowd surrounds you, it will be hard. Because it's not always ideal. It's not always paradise. But with faith, friends, you will, be remem you will be reminded. You will remember. You will bring back your focus. Why you are in that roof. Why you did that embarrassing thing. Why you did that in the first place. As it says in Colossians 3 verse 23. Work willingly at whatever you do as though you were working for the Lord rather than for people. Not for the crowd, not for the crowd, but for Jesus. Be reminded that your faith friends is here. Your faith friends will tell you, will remind you. And now for the next points, let me call on my beautiful friend, Abby. Thanks, Mia. That was awesome. That was so so awesome. Well, now that we've sp spoken and we've talked about what happens when collective faith is not exercised, I guess the next question that you might be wondering or you might be asking yourself is, so how do we experience collective faith? Y'all ready? Y'all ready? Get your notebooks. This is going to be good. So how do we experience collective faith? The first point is find your four. Find your four. Find your friends. You see, we live in a broken world. Like, that's just the reality of it. We live in a world that wants to discourage you, that wants to break your heart, that wants to put you down. That's the kind of world that we live in. And because of that kind of nature environment that the world naturally has, it's so easy for us to get discouraged. I don't know about you, but in this season, there were many times that I became discouraged. Not just once, not just twice, but so many times. And the tendency of that when you get discouraged is that you have, you, you, it's so easy to get tempted to just isolate yourself, you know, to be alone, to, to, to not try to bother anyone, to not be, quote unquote, a burden. Yeah. But hey, here's the secret. Come close, come close. Here's the secret. 
this life was not meant to be lived alone. That's, that's the secret. It says in Ecclesiastes 4, verses 9 to 12, listen up. It says here, two are better than one, just like that song, because they have a good return for their labor. If either of them falls down, one can help the other up. But pity, wow, pity anyone who falls and has no one to help them up. Also, if two lie down together, they will keep warm. But how can one keep warm alone? The one may be overpowered, two can defend themselves. A cord of three strands is not quickly broken. You see, when you can't stand for yourself, God has deposited and has placed and is willing to place people in your life who can stand for you. Because guess what? Who you, who you surround yourself with, it matters. It matters. It's not just about having a good time. Because it says here in the word of God that these are people who can stand with you, who can make you stronger. Because guess what? Who walks with you can either lead you to healing or push you to stagnation. It says in verse 4, which Mia just wonderfully read out to you, the friends here, the four friends that the paralyzed man had, what did they do? They couldn't bring him to Jesus because of the amazing, amazing crowd. So they dug a hole. Imagine. They dug a hole through the roof above his, his head. Then they lowered the man on his mat right down in front of Jesus. You see, find your four. Find the four who will bring you right in front of Jesus. Because listen up, it's not about the number of friends that you have. You could have a hundred friends, but if they're not going to bring you to the feet of Jesus, then what's the point? It's not about the number. It's about the quality of friends that you have. It says in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 33, it says here, Do not be misled. Bad company corrupts good character. Right now, just quick, think about who, who are your friends. Think about your barcada. You know, the people you call up at night at 12 and be like, Oi, Netflix party tayo. Think about your friends right now. My question is, where are they leading you? Where are they leading you? I know you're together and that's great because you're, you might be like, okay, Abby, didn't isolate myself. That's great. But where they lead you and where you're walking towards together also matters. Because the thing is, you could be walking towards something, but if it's not Jesus, Jesus, that it's never gonna bring you healing. If it's not Jesus, it's never gonna give you restoration. If it's not Jesus, there's never going to be revival. Because only Jesus can truly heal you. Only Jesus can bring you out of the darkness. If they're not leading you towards Jesus, then they're leading you away from the one person who can truly heal you. So how can you experience collective faith first? Find your four. And second, which I'm so passionate to talk about, it's be the four. Be the four. You see, I could only imagine just how hard it must have been for them. Imagine, if I carry like a heavy bag, I'm just like, mom, can you, dad, can you carry this for me? But imagine them. It was a whole person, a whole person on the mat and not only that they had to like do some squats and bring him up the roof not only that they gotta open up the tiles and break that tiles like it was cemented right there can you imagine yeah. just imagine them just taking it out it could have not been easy i couldn't have done that 
There was so much effort that was put into it. And, and the easy, easier thing that they could have done was they could have walked away. Yeah. Or you know what? Better yet, and I, I know you're guilty of this because I'm guilty of this. They could have like brought them to the door and just left. <laughs> right? They could have been like, all right, Jesus, knock, knock. Bye. But no, what they did was they actually brought the, their friend right in front of Jesus. My question is, what kind of friend are you? What kind of four are you? Because some of you might be saying, Abby, I tried. I tried. I brought them to church once. Ooh. I prayed for them once. I messaged once. I don't want to message again. But these four, they brought the person right in front of Jesus. They went all the way. They didn't just stop at the door. They went all the way. And why? It says here in 2 Corinthians 5 verse 20, Therefore, we are ambassadors of Christ. God making his appeal through us. Please understand, you are and can be used by God to lead people into the miracle that he has prepared for them. And my, I am pleading with you. Come on. I know. I, I'm just, I'm so passionate about this because I found myself also in this situation. I am pleading with you, don't run now. Don't abandon them right now in the middle of this pandemic, in the middle of everything that they're going through. Don't leave them now. Don't walk away right now. You know, this, this whole message, starting from Morse to me until the very, very end of this, this is not just a call for the people who are discouraged. This is the call for you. If you're right now in a season of strength, then this is a call for you. This is a call for you to go out there and be an ambassador of Christ, to go out there and be the four of someone. And I know it's hard. Please, don't, don't get me wrong. I know it's hard. It's hard to carry someone. It's, it's so hard to be there for someone, to be the person who that person unloads their, their burdens to. It's hard. I get that. But guess what? Here's another secret. You're not going to do this in your own strength. You're not going to do this, you know, alone. You're not going to be pulling love out of your own well. Because guess what? God is able and willing to fill you up. And all you got to do is just tap into that. All you got to do is tap into that. It says in 1 John chapter 4, verses 9 to 11, it says here, this is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. This is love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice of our sins. Dear friends, dear friends, listen. Since God so loved we also ought to love one another. We also ought to love one another. And that's why we can love on people. Because God first loved you. That's why we can go out there and be the four. Because God has called you. And if God called you, then he's going to supply you with everything you need. He's going to give you the grace. He's going to give you the patience. He's going to give you the love. And that's why you can go all the way. Not just halfway, but you can go all the way. Because if Jesus stood by you at your lowest point, then this is a call from him to have you stand by someone at their lowest point as well. So be the four for your friends. Be the four for your family. Be the four for the people you have yet to meet. Be the four for your boss. Be the four for your workmates. 
Because there is a miracle that is waiting on the other side of your obedience and your love. And the question is, will you? Will you go out there and be the four for someone? Will you be the kind of friend who will go all the way? Got that? Great. Well, guess what? It's not done. We're not done. And here to just lead you through that on our third point is our amazing, amazing, amazing youth director and amazing friend, Morris. Why don't you come up here? Thank you, Abby. Thank you, Mia. You see, hey guys, you see, it takes our collective faith to preach this beautiful message. We are not gathered here together having our collective effort and collective faith preaching the word of God for nothing. Today is a day for you. The third point is this. We got to seek His face. Seek His face. This paralytic, par paralyzed person and his friends dug a hole on top of the house of Peter. And you know Peter, Peter would say, Hey, what are you guys doing in my house? Mahal yan, feel metal yan. My brand pa yung roof di Peter. They dug a hole and they bring the paralyzed man not on the area where there were less people. Remember, his friends brought down the paralyzed man just in front of Jesus to the point that they even interrupted Jesus because at that time, Jesus was preaching. You see, no matter how chaotic it is right now, no matter how crowded it is right now in your life, there will always be a space for you in front of Jesus. Jesus, right then and there, He will stop and He will encounter you because He loves you so much. When we exercise collective faith, it captures the heart of Jesus. You know why? Because the heart of Jesus is all about you. There's no other reason why He was crucified on that cross and allowed Himself to accept all those beatings, to accept all those punishments, to accept His death on the cross. There's no other reason why He did that but you. His heart is all about you and He loves you so much that when we seek His face, immediately God wants to encounter us no matter happens, no matter how crowded it is right now in your life, no matter, no matter how long have you been lying on that stinky mat of yours, problems in your life, issues in your life, no matter how long you have been waiting and looking for someone to help you, whenever you call and whenever you seek His face, God is there. God is right there in front of you, ready to hug you, ready to give healing to you. Remember, the paralyzed man, the paralyzed man's wish, wish, hope, is to be healed. But look at this. It says here that Jesus said to the paralyzed man, first, my child, your sins has been forgiven. But wait, Jesus, I was asking for healing. Why am I getting uh, uh, forgiveness? I need healing, Jesus. But Jesus is saying, you know what? Forgiveness comes before healing. So as a child of God, our mandate right now 
is yes, we gotta find our four. Yes, we need to be a four to our friends. But ultimately, our mandate today is to ask forgiveness from Jesus. Maybe it's time for you to forgive yourself. Maybe the reason that you are lying on that mat is simply because you are you are dumping yourself into the issues, into the problems, into the bad decisions that you've made from the past. But you know what Jesus is trying to say today? Today is time for you to stand up. It is a time for you today to stand up, pick up that mat, and go home. It's time for you. Like what I said, it is a make or great time. It is either you go big or you go home. But God is saying, hey, go big. Because when you face, when you seek my face, I'm going to give you the things and the prayers and the blessings that you have been seeking for. It says here in Jeremiah 29 verse 12 to 14, it says here, this is so beautiful. In those days when you pray, I will listen. Look for, if you look for me wholeheartedly, you will find me. I will be I will be found by you, says the Lord. I will end your captivity and restore your fortunes. I will gather you out of the nations where I sent you and will bring you home again to your own land. God is saying, hey, the reason that I the reason that I allow myself to die on that cross is I love you so much. And whenever and now that I am in heaven, there is always a time for you to approach me and to seek my face. And when you do that, you're going to experience the greatest life that you have been seeking for. Jesus has never been surprised of your condition. I'm pretty sure that when the paralyzed man arrived in front of him, Jesus was saying, Jesus was not saying, Oh, paralyzed ka, grabe ah, sorry naman. No, he's never surprised by our conditions. It's just a matter of either we seek his face or we seek our own problems. And so today, I want to invite you. This collective faith of ours, our main goal is to invite you to be in front of Jesus. No matter what you're going through today, no matter how long you have been on that mat in your problems, even if you feel like you can't move anymore, the reason that we are here today is to invite you for an intimate relationship with Jesus. It's not a coincidence that you are watching with us today. Maybe your four dug a hole in your TV. <laughs> they dug a hole in your internet so you would be able to encounter Jesus today. There's a reason why you are watching us today. And so I want to invite you. If you wanted to receive Jesus, if you have never been surrendered your life to Jesus, it is time. It is time for you to stand up and say, Jesus, I want to be healed. So Jesus would be able to forgive your sins. When you accept Jesus in your life, your sins will automatically be forgiven. Doesn't matter how big it is, small, big, past, present, or even the future sins, God will forgive your sins. That's just how good He is. And so we want to invite you. If you are that person, I want you to pray with me. Say, Jesus, 
thank you for the forgiveness of my sins. Thank you, Lord, for the beautiful plans and purpose that will be coming for my life. Thank you, God, for thank you, God, for the eternal life that you are providing to me starting today. And so, Lord, I lift up my life to you. It is time for me to stand up. It is time for me to find my four. It is time for me to be the four to my family, Lord. I've seen my family struggle so much and they thought that they could just live their life alone. But no, God, I realize today that we are not supposed to live our life alone, but we have to live our life depending on you, Jesus, because you are good. You are our Father. You are our Savior. In Jesus' name, amen. If you pray that prayer, I would just, we just want to tell you from Mia, from me and Abby that we are so proud of you. So proud of you. We love you so much. We can't wait to see you in in-person service. But right now, let's just get connected through our church. Get connected. Join Grow Track. Join Connect Group. Allow us. Allow us to be your four. Allow us to journey with you. Allow us to guide you in your new faith life. There is power in collective faith. You are not meant but you are not meant to live life alone. Amen. Thanks for joining us and for listening to Inspire Church Metro podcast. Stay in the loop by checking inspiremetro.life.